Wake up, it's time for Transformation Radio.
And now we begin looking into the New Testament. And our reading today will be from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. We'll read that immediately after his prayer, Paul reminds the Ephesians of the reality of personal sin. Like them, we must never forget our past, the condition from which Jesus saved us. Those memories are the best fuel for our gratitude to Christ for all He's done in our behalf. And then later Paul describes Satan, the devil, as the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Paul's readers believed that Satan and the evil spiritual forces inhabited the region between earth and sky. Satan is thus pictured as ruling an evil spiritual kingdom, the demons, and those who are against Christ. In the resurrection, Christ was victorious over the devil and his power. So, Jesus Christ is the permanent ruler of the whole world. The devil is only the temporary ruler of the part of the world that chooses to follow him. The fact that all people, without exception, commit sin proves that without Christ, we have a sinful nature. We're lost in sin and cannot save ourselves. Does this mean only Christians do good? Well, of course not. Many people do good to others. On a relative scale, Many are moral, kind, and law-abiding. Comparing these people to criminals, we would say that they're very good, very good indeed. But on God's absolute scale, no one is good enough to earn salvation. The Bible tells us we're dead because of our disobedience and our many sins. Only through being united with Christ's perfect life can we become good in God's sight. The term, subject to God's anger, refers to those who are to receive God's wrath because of their rejection of Christ. All right, let's read all about it today here in the New Testament. September 23rd, the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. Once you believers were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us, who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, 
and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in Himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from Him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. Our reading today in the book of Psalms will be Psalm 67, verses 1 through 7. Could the psalm writer here have looked across the years to see the gospel go throughout the entire earth? Well, this psalm surely speaks of the fulfillment of the Great Commission, as outlined in the book of Matthew, when Jesus commanded that the gospel be taken to all nations. Count yourself among that great crowd of believers worldwide who know the Savior, and praise Him for His good news, and share that gospel so that the harvest will be abundant. Every verse in this psalm mentions God's relationship with the entire globe. The intended audience of this message spans the world. God repeatedly spoke to and through His people about His love for all nations. So let's listen to this psalm with the realization that it was written for and about you. Psalm 67, verses 1-7 through 7. For the choir director, a song, a psalm to be accompanied by stringed instruments. May God be merciful and bless us. May His face smile with favor on us. Interlude. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy, because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. Interlude. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests, and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us, and people all over the world will fear Him. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 29 through 35. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? 
It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns, trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations, and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swaying mast, and you will say, They hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can look for another drink? I would like to affirm Kenny Bartlett for being such a positive guy and sticking out his walk with God. Man, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, buddy. All right. Hey, this is uh, Don Williams uh, coming to you uh, from down on the farm here in Benton County. Um, just want to say what it is, what what a blessing it's been to uh, to serve, um, get back back uh, with God, and get right with Him again. Uh, I'd like to give a encouragement to all my brothers down at the farm, um, Brother Ben. Uh, you've been such a blessing, um, Kerwin. Kerwin, you're 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 strong in God. Uh, stay there, brother. Uh, Kenny, uh, you're awesome, brother. I won't miss y'all. I'll see you. I'll see you up there. Thank you.
Thank you. You know, in spite of all that's going on in our country, in spite of all that we see around it, in spite of the difficulties that come our way every single day, there is reason for joy. Do you believe that? Yeah. Joy. Oh, look at these young people clapping. Hey, he dropped a mic. Yeah. <laughs> you just wait. It's coming. <laughs> I happen to believe that people ought to be breaking down the doors to our churches to find out what the celebration is all about. We ought to have something in our lives that shows some joy. It's so tired of people who claim to be followers of Christ who walk around with a face that looks like they swallowed a profusely sweating toad. Have you ever run into these people? I've been a Christian for 27 years. <laughs> and it's been great. I want to say, well, tell your face. You need to send missionaries to your face. <laughs> face has not yet heard the good news. God is the author of joy. A lot of us grew up believing that if it was fun, it was wrong. Right? Any of you ever come from that? My whole picture of God was that his job was to stand up in heaven somewhere and he would go, Behold! No, no, I knew he stood like that. I'd seen them pictures. Can Davis have his fun? No. Give me a break. God is the author of joy. He's the one that created it. He's the one that made it. We got to hang on to it. You don't believe that God is the author of joy? Think back to this morning. Remember when you had children's Sundays, one of the toughest days of the week. How many of you parents have found yourself on Sunday with your hands around the throat of a child you love very much? And you're saying something like, you get ready for church, get ready now so we can get there on time to learn about the love of Jesus. On the way to church, children become demon-possessed. <laughs> I had two of the most beautiful uh, girls on the way to church. They would fight like mortal enemies over nothing, over stupid stuff. This is my side of the car. This is my side over here. I am on my side of the car, and you are over here. You are breathing on my side. There are, mo <laughs> there are molecules coming from your side to my side. <laughs> you ever hear this? Shay's looking at me. How many teenagers? Any teenagers in here at all? Girls, do not say to your parents on the way... What is your name? Right there with the nice glasses on your head. Lisa, do not say to your parents, She's looking at me. Your parents are not equipped to handle. She's looking at me. No human with a brain can handle. She's looking at me. Sarah, if you want to mess with your parents, say something like, She hit me with a crowbar. We can handle that. Give me the crowbar. <laughs> Don't hit her anymore. 
Was it just my car or was your car like that? Any of you on the way to church ever grab the rearview mirror and give your children the Sunday morning look of love? That's worse than texting. What happened? He hit a semi doing 80. What was he doing? Giving his children the Sunday morning look of love. <laughs> They're back there fighting. She ain't looking at me. I remember when my daughters did that. I, I didn't know what to do, but I thought, well, hey, I've written two books, and they've been bestsellers on family, and so I know what I'll do. I'll just, I will put them to shame. I said, why don't you just poke her eyes out then? That is the wrong answer. I looked back there, one child had her hand on her face. Her eyes were already out. They were rolling on the floor. Then the other child is going, they're still looking at me. Sunday morning look of love. And then we say things that don't make sense. You want me to come back there? I'll tell you what your kids are thinking. Yeah, come on back. <laughs> come on, you're doing 75 miles an hour. Let's see what happens to the car. <laughs> now, you can't go back because you are doing 75. Why? Because you're yeah. late. You're late every day. I don't know why you were late. I know why I was late. I had girls. I... <laughs> Almost got you. <laughs> I had girls. Now, I'm not trying to be sexist, but I'm going to tell you, it takes girls a month to get ready for Sunday. That means they miss three Sundays every, every month. I fixed their hair. I had two teenage girls fix their hair, and it's not right. Uh, take a shower, refix it, spray it. We spent a fortune on hairspray, a fortune. You go into my daughter's bed, uh, bathrooms, your feet would stick to the floor. <laughs> Little bugs are in there going, help us, please. And you know what's interesting? They wouldn't move until every hair was perfect. But they lived like pigs. <laughs> Their rooms were horrible, stinky, rotten messes. I went down there once. There were rats and roaches coming out with their suitcases going, we can't live like this anymore. Poke your eyes out didn't work. So I did what I know some of you have done this. You ever grab the rearview mirror and change it to an aiming device? I'll come back there, so help me. Lean forward a half an inch and you'll meet Jesus today. <laughs> Whew. 
But God loved children. He did. He gave them the innate knowledge of that one spot in the car your arm can never reach. So you're going like that, and they're going, strike two. I told that story about swinging my arm at the kids. A little old man came all the way from the back of the auditorium. Took him about five minutes to get to the front. He could hardly walk, and his finger was out like this. Any preachers in here? Any pastors in here, including the pastors of this church? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Have you ever seen anybody come at you, George, with their finger out like this, where it turned out to be a nice conversation? No. He came up to me and he said, I'm going to tell you something when you were talking about swinging your arm at the children. Oh, he said, God taught me about that a long time ago. I thought this boy's going to crawl up one side of me and down the other. I just braced myself. I said, what did God teach you? And that old man got a sparkle in his eye. He said, God showed me that a touch on the brakes brings them right into play. <laughs> I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows, take the stains, make you whiter than snow. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Going down to the river, down to the river.
Thanks for listening to Transformation Radio.